but also understanding that self-care was needed. We need to take that time to be in our space and to really be present instead of always perpetuating in a direction away from ourselves to really just hone in on those truths and those realities. And self-care is huge and it's direly lacking in our culture. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. If you happen to be new to the show, I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and help tell their origin stories. This way we get to know them better and we can be inspired by their journeys to achieve their goals. So today, I have an Idahoan who took a detour through the Virgin Islands and back home again to help her industry locally. So welcome Jasmine Kinney, founder of the International Institute of Massage Therapy. Well, hello there. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for inviting me to your beautiful dojo so that we could have this interview today. Well, thanks for accepting. Yeah, I love it. Um, Jasmine, to be honest, I had no idea that we had an international massage school here in Idaho Falls. So tell us about the school, when you founded it, why you started it in Idaho Falls. Well, I started <laughs> Is the that school. kind of loaded? It, it's, it's many layers. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So I started writing the curriculum in 2009, and I officially graduated my first class in 2011. I wrote the curriculum because there was a dire need for more in-depth therapeutic approach and a general meatier program. Uh, the state of Idaho wasn't regulated until 2013, so a lot of the programs <clears throat> throughout the state were doing, you know, willy-nilly. Regulated mean they didn't have to have a license? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so how would you go about being a massage therapist back then? You Just would watch a DVD and call yourself a therapist. You really could. <laughs> it was happening. Wow. It was definitely happening. Um, and it was obvious. So giving the general public misinformation and miseducation on quality and you know priding myself on my education and wanting people to know the difference you know um, competing with people that literally had no formal education at all to people that did invest in programs because there were several here and there throughout um, and just setting the stage to concentrate on the education like what is the difference what is the process and so can I get just a little <clears throat> bit of clarity had you come back to Idle Falls to practice massage therapy and then saw that lack in the industry mm -hmm. and then so you didn't come back just to create the school no I did not you I, were working I came back uh, to help my sister actually and I was here so I got here in 2007 okay and, and then you, you were looking around going, oh, so you, did you come from someplace where they were, you had to be licensed? Yes. The, well, I've been to school twice. I went to school the first time in Boise at 19 and with the big goal plan to move to Washington and work, which I did, but the idea of regulation came into play because I couldn't work. It wasn't a regulated or approved school. So I had to go back to school. <laughs> Was that a surprise? Yeah, I was pretty yeah. disappointed. Pretty yeah. disappointed because you're like, I've been through this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. Um, it wasn't lost time. It was a great program. It was in depth. Uh, 
um, and don't regret it at all. Mm -hmm. It was, it definitely gave me a better foundation. And now I'm sure that that's not the case. Like it's a, if, if people are going to school in Boise, they're getting a lair license and Correct. they can go practice Correct. somewhere else. It's yeah. mandated and regulated by the Department of Education. Are there any states that don't have it? that you have to be licensed? Um, there are states that don't like statewide require, but typically by county they do. Okay. Wyoming just regulated, but before that, um, even without regulation, like places like Jackson Hole required a national board. Sure. So that's a safeguard, I think. So pretty much anywhere now that anywhere. you would go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you came, you saw this lacking industry, and you were like, hey, I'll start some, I'll start a school. Is that mm -hmm. how your thought process went? I've always been an entrepreneur, always. I've always had a mind for forward thinking and like seeing and utilizing spaces of need or possible income. Yes. So, <clears throat> and I had been teaching some private classes on you know, organic body care creation and couples classes and things like that. And I had helped other programs create and develop curriculum material. So this wasn't entirely nothing. <clears throat> it wasn't from, it wasn't from nothing. Yeah. Like it was definitely a perpetual growth measure. Yeah. And it took me a year to write the program. From the beginning till now, the program's gone from 732 hours to 1,054. Wow. So that's where I am now. And that's a state thing? The state only requires 500 hours. Oh, okay. So this is yours. I really want my grads to be able to move interstately. New York requires a thousand hours. Nebraska requires a thousand hours. <clears throat> and I want, I want my graduates to be able to sit for a national credential, which is the highest mm -hmm. available here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I'm an, an advocate for travel. So, so I noticed that better. you've got several initials after your name. So the NCMT is the national, That's national. certification. Mm -hmm. And then the LMP Licensed is state. the state. And I'm also okay. a certified herbalist. Okay, great. And mm -hmm. did I read somewhere that you're going to... Naturopathy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you're in degree. school right now. I have put it on hold because <laughs> of, you know, very <clears throat> serious measures all over the place. I yeah. don't have the time dedication and um, the world as we know it right now. I don't have the mental capacity to do it either. Yeah, I think a lot so of people it's, are So it's on book. hold. I foresee me finishing it up probably next year. Mm -hmm. I've got... And then what are you going to do with that? I'm just going to add it to my basket of tools. Yeah. Um, it's not uncommon for clients to request counsel for general health purposes. And I think as a massage therapist, it, it's going to serve well because you, you definitely meet people on a different level of nurture yeah in their entirety yeah so it'll it'll act as just another tool yeah it is it's a tool in your toolbox to be able to help people mm -hmm. that's awesome so tell us a little bit about being in the virgin islands was that something you were did you were you raised in idaho falls i was <clears throat> i was born in idaho uh -huh. um graduated high school in tacoma washington okay but i've traveled all over bought my first house in everett and from there, I sold everything and went to the Virgin Islands. And was this all you were being? You were doing massage this entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So how was that to work in the Virgin Islands? Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I love warm tropical places. It's very expensive. Even in the early two thousands, for a an apartment on Saint John, I was paying sixteen hundred dollars a month. Wow. So you make a lot of money, but you spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, but it gave me the opportunity to travel. I island hopped on a regular basis, 
And you know, any any area that is resort oriented, the money is really good if you're willing to put in the work. And I was young and making a ton of money, and <laughs> you were having. <coughs> I was having a blast. Yeah, I was right. having a blast. So uh, coming home, it was just a cosmic intervention to help family and settle down and kind of grow up and figure out what I'm doing with my life. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> I um, had something happen in my life, life that was, you know, kind of traumatic and I call it my cosmic shove. So I hear, I hear you mm -hmm. when you're talking about mm -hmm. sometimes uh, the cosmos just tells you where you need to be. Yes. Like this is what you're doing now. Yeah, whether you planned it or not. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome back to Idaho. I know it's been a long time. I now, really but do love we're glad Idaho. to have you back. I do love Idaho. So tell me a little bit about how the school is structured. Obviously, massage therapy has to be literally hands-on. Mm -hmm. You're not doing a lot of this remotely. Well, we are now. <laughs> yeah, so you just graduated. You had seven graduates in I February. Had, I had seven graduates in February. Yeah. And then you started a new I started class, class in March. In March. Mm -hmm. How are you doing that? For those, for those of you who are listening, just to put a little bit of time reference here, we we're in the middle in Idaho of a stay-home order. Um, for at, at least until, what, another week and a half or so. Um, and then we'll see. And most schools are not functioning. Correct. So tell me about how you're managing that. So I honestly am still digitally scared. Like moving things to a technical world bothers me as far as documents and life and things. And um, But we did it really quickly. We figured out systems that worked appropriately for stay at home. And it's actually something that I'll implement even after all of this because, you know, we have people that need personal days. And so they can still chime in from the comfort of their home and not fall behind. <clears throat> it has been interesting. So something that I have implemented with the hands-on aspect is offering up a paired hands-on tutoring. So we have also... Um, shifted that because obviously in a, in a class you would be working with everyone all the time and we've really minimized that Yeah. Um, but to keep them on track and I still don't know if the state's going to accept the digital hour because it's not approved. Yikes. But we have a forward plan and thank goodness you know they started essentially on St. Patty's Day so they're not too far in yeah. and we could just add an a hour time. a day if, if they denied the aspect of, of digital learning. I'm hoping they don't and it's, it'll be unfortunate if they're like, no. Yeah, but especially we'll just, you'd think that they'd give you some grace during this we'll time. We'll flow, we'll flow however we need to. So there's enough didactic stuff that I can learn just um, as a traditional student mm -hmm. without having a whole, have a whole lot of hands on right now. There's a lot more academia than I think people realize. Yeah. Um, they learn 125 mu muscles, where they're located, what they do, how to access them, um, all of the body systems on the anat and phys side, and then of course the hands-on. Uh, the hands-on is, I would say, 80% of the program, but there's a lot of information coming at you. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's good. You've been able to pivot. I think a lot of people are learning pivoting that they hadn't really had thought adaptation they would have is to. essential <laughs> <laughs> you seem pretty cool about it have you always been this feeling this way um it's starting to it's starting to wear on me a little bit yeah. but i i for the most part do really well under challenge and the unknown it's a superpower i have <laughs> and thankfully that's a good thing i imagine that there are people who look to you to have that more centered kind of response to things mm -hmm. than the freak out mm -hmm. no you can't freak out <laughs> 
That doesn't serve anybody. <laughs> you can freak out. It's well, you certainly can. It's, it's definitely available anybody. as an option. <laughs> so typically, we are actually sitting in a building in Idaho Falls. This is where you have your school. But are the public also welcome? Like, do you do public massage? We are a school and a public. Mm -hmm. Okay. Public clinic. So um, when we reopen and students hit the floor and my practitioners come back, we'll have 20 people performing massage throughout the week. And is that primarily why you have the public come in so that the students can learn real time? The student clinic is definitely um, a benefit of the educational forum, but it's also a cost-effective way for people to get the care that they need. <clears throat> so it's a win-win for everyone. But then I also house graduates of the program and professionals so that they have somewhere to work with free agency under a governance umbrella and support. Yeah, that's so. great. So how many, um, how many private practice, I'm not really sure if I'm saying that right, practitioners do you have then? We'll have nine. Okay. Including myself. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about it being more cost effective for people who need the treatment. How do you compare as far as the general fee? You don't have to give me details unless you want to, but are you saying then to come to the school to have a massage is less expensive than to go to a traditional It's $25 place. an hour. Huh. Um, but they're well, still learning. Can, they're can still I please learning. Yes. put myself on the books? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have, <clears throat> we have the graduate grade, which is without the national cert or two years. So they're getting their season and they're 45 for 60 minutes. And then professionals is 65. Yeah. And graduates and professionals can um, take care of insurance billing as well. So we're pretty pretty versed in that which is a headache for most people especially if you weren't really formally taught how to do it it's a lot of bureaucracy and lots of paper pushing under what situation does insurance pay for massage um, well there's private pay which is an insurance policy that covers preventative care like chiropractics it'll carry um, some some language for preventative care that's something for each person to ask their their adjusters on um, and typically, if you have chiropractics covered, it's 12 sessions a year, and so that that would cross over to massage as well. You'd get one a month covered by your insurance. Got it. <clears throat> and then uh, motor vehicle accidents and workman's comp. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. I don't think that maybe I was aware that it was uh, reimbursable through a insurance carrier, mm -hmm. so that's great. Regulation helped that. I mean... I'm not a fan of over-redundant bureaucracy, but it definitely helps set the stage for the professional aspect in which we can exist. Right. So talk to me a little bit about that. I think that there is some misunderstanding. Certainly, I can relate to having, you know, we, we have an automotive repair shop, and so we've had bad reputation follow us just because of this, the industry and how ridiculous that might be. But the same has happened for you know, quote unquote, massage parlors, you always, mm -hmm. you haven't always necessarily had the best reputation. Talk to me a little bit about how you've worked or how you've seen the industry work to shift that so that this can be seen as a legitimate health um, m m modality. Well, that is going to be a forever issue because massage is physical contact to the body and unfortunately it's used as the ruse for the secondary you know red light or parlor activities <clears throat> but education and language and how you're using the language 
and getting people out of the recreational and luxury aspect of it, that it is, you know, a wellness protocol. It does help you de-stress and create some, some well-being in your, in your regimen. If you take vitamins and you exercise, massage should definitely be in that realm of your mind because it, it gets you where you need to go. And, you know, we have so much anxiety, depression, digestive disorders, insomnia, and it's all stuff that massage can really bring those levels of cortisol and stress hormones down. And it's just, it's good for you. It's so talk to me about the different modalities that you can take. There are different types of massages, obviously. Tons of different types. And yeah. so you do have from <clears throat> one end of the spectrum, which is just a relaxation, mm -hmm. not just, but relaxation, relaxation. to mm -hmm. what? To uh, neuromuscular integration, where you are helping in a, rehabit uh, a rehab orientation. So taking someone that's injured, whether it's recently or chronically long term, and helping their body regain that awareness and facilitate recovery off it. Um, so it, you can swing the pendulum from total relaxation where it's light and gentle and the tempo literally the whole objective is to put you to sleep to really changing the body. Mm -hmm. So I have pain when I do this. We help you not have pain when you do that. <laughs> I've noticed um, there's a national chain that does stretching. Mm -hmm. Is that something that is seen typically in the massage world? In the therapeutic aspect, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. There's, um, there's a couple different aspects to stretching. There's Thai massage. There's what's called Swedish gymnastics. I know it sounds weird. You're not like tumbling <laughs> or anything. But it's, it's engaging the body and elongating out of its whole pattern. So we have, we have habitual motion issues. It's it's not just the straw that broke the camel's back. It's what we do every day improperly, like sitting on a wallet, for instance. Really? <clears throat> Can throw your entire skeletal structure out. Probably wearing heels. High heels, big one for the <laughs> ladies, big <laughs> mm -hmm. one for the ladies. Computer work, phones, like staring down, not sitting properly, um, or for too long. It's also a chronic issue in our culture. So it's, it's wide and varied. So really, massage is not a one-time fix-all kind of thing. It's not a magic pill. Yeah. Ha, t <laughs> tell me about, you know, if, I, if that was something, you know, I had particular issues with my shoulders and I wanted to have a massage, what do you recommend? Is that, you know, come in once a month, come in every other week? What do so you think? So typically a service plan is based on how long you hold your work. And once a month is really preventative. It's if you don't have any general complaints and you're just coming in to keep those interstitial fluids flowing, your your tempo and constitution correct and at ease and de-stressed and decompressed. If you have issues, our service plan typically starts at five hours and consistency and regularity is a part of that. Um, whatever someone can you know, commit to is important. But you get further with closer segmented sessions. So if you're if you're injured, let's say you're in a car accident, the first part of a service plan is at least two a week for four weeks. Wow. Um, to get you back into a daily living that's tolerable without pain, that's excruciating, and then we move and gradually get you to that one a month. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I think I've been more on the recreational side, like when I go on vacation. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Which is not That's nearly not enough. <laughs> no, it's not. My goodness. No, it's not. Got to do this much, much, much more often. So 
when I think about what you have accomplished, like I'll just start a school. I cannot hardly imagine sitting down and doing that. Have you, since you decided to do that and to this time, have you had moments of doubt thinking, of course, what the crap am I doing? I have, I mean, I've, I've learned through the fire for sure. Um, but I'm also a very dedicated person and sometimes to a fault. (laughs) I don't regret starting the school. It's been a great passion of mine. It's my heart. And I think that by assisting people in their own conscious change to be a better version of themselves and to have that self belief and confidence helps them go into the world and sort of spread that ripple of positivity of, you know, passing through those fear veils and then also having a trade that assists you in your self-sustainability. Yeah, right. The school has been hard, but it's also been really beautiful. It's it's offered a lot of opportunity they wouldn't have otherwise had. What do you do when you hit some of those walls? Like what are your what's your self talk or what kind of motivation do you use for yourself to get you through those blocks when you're like I why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. I could be in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it does happen because I love to travel. And every time I travel, I, I say, I'm not going home. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's just part of that, that fantasy, right? Like, yes. Oh, I have no responsibilities. But what would we do with a life of no responsibility? I don't know. I think a lot of us are kind of figuring that out. All of us who wished to not have to go to work every day. We're seeing the gratitude like, and, and the blessings. Please let me go back to work. Yeah. yeah. So... I I definitely, I think that engagement and growth, as long as you're doing something that you have a full heart and a passion for, is really your calling. And there's something for everyone. And if you hate what you do, you shouldn't be doing it. You need to find what you love to do, and then you never really work. You just do, and you live. I, I think that's a really profound. I, I also know that sometimes, even when you're doing exactly what you want to do, some of the stuff is mundane. Oh, yeah. You just have got to get through that to get to the beauty that you know comes with this mundane work. Um, because I think it's, I've tried to t- teach my children that, you know, to follow your passion. But it's not always going to be. It's not always birthday cake and ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Well, and when I hit those walls, I always go to nature. I am a huge advocate for hot springs, um, finding them, digging them out, hiking to them. And I mean, being here in Idaho, where we are, we're so close to so many beautiful places and that offers reprieve. It absolutely does. And so you just have to go and meditate on your, on your things. And, you know, I think we struggle, generally speaking, with making concrete decisions in fear of making the wrong choice. So evaluation and not moving too quickly. And I never make a decision in desperation. Yeah, those are usually not the best decisions when you're... I I think um, that's really wise right now, especially because a lot of us are feeling desperate. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to know what the end, when the end is coming. We don't Well, that sounded terrible. The end is not coming. But the end (laughs) of this COVID thing, you know, like uh, when will our lives get back to normal? Our normal, I think, is being redefined. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Which I think it needed to be. You know, I think, so on the swing of people being grateful to be able to go back to work when it happens, but also understanding that self-care was needed, you know? We need to take that time to be in our space and to really be present 
instead of always perpetuating in a direction away from ourselves to really just hone in on those truths and those realities and self-care is huge and it's direly lacking in our culture what are your practitioners doing now because they can't perform massage yeah so are they yeah they're just kind of trying to make it work on their own yeah it's yucky and it's you know it's super scary um i really just want the community to gangbuster out for these small businesses when we can start really engaging and, and doing what we need to do because you know unfortunately people don't safe net themselves as much as they should and maybe that's another lesson that we've learned mm -hmm. is to take better care of the possibilities of problems our financial situations mm -hmm. and yeah everything and you know what i've done is i've i've waived expenses for as long as i could you know tuition and everything and and it's not because i had to it's because why wouldn't i it's the right thing to do and my room renters i'm like don't even worry about it like we'll get through this that's all we just have to put our heads down and kind of keep moving at the pace that we're moving and see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah well that's pretty gracious i know not not all uh, business owners have been able to do that so no way um i also know something about you that you're very involved in the community i am so talk to me a little bit about that why why i mean i understand why but from your perspective why is that important to you to be involved in the community and and why is it important for the school to be involved um because that is it's a part of building a longer table not a higher fence i come from very humble beginnings i had a very troubled youth and i am a proponent for raising everybody up whether it's you know charitable work at a an event or it's donating actual cash monies to our shelters um, at some point I have it in my goal spectrum to start cooking at the, the soup kitchen. I just haven't been able to do it. Um, it's really, you know, it takes the community to really survive in a, in an entirety. And the more I make, the more I give essentially is my motto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to whom much is given, much is required. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I suspect that you're particularly pop popular at races and those kind of things. Sports events are huge. <laughs> um, we do a lot of really beautiful events. Unfortunately, they've all been canceled. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked for Sawtooth Music Festival or Sawtooth Music Gathering now um, for many years, even as an independent therapist. And now it's just this big orchestrated, really fun and, and just out of the comfort zone of, of typical events. But we also picked up the Idaho Mountain Rock Climbing Festival. This would be year two, but they had to cancel. Great fun, all athlete motivated, marathon running, rock climbing, you know, chiseled people. Yeah, right. And that are very health oriented. So the idea that you're working on a very specific demographic of people is really awesome. Too. Yeah. And it's huge. It's, it's a Thursday to Sunday gig. We do marathons. We work with dancers at the high schools. We work with the acrobats. We work with, you know, everybody. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. It's so good to see you out there and doing all of that. Um, and I do know 
Not that I've been much of a racer, but a little tiny, like 5K. You're the first, you know, the line is long to come and see you guys. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. Please yeah. give me a massage. I know, right? I just ran a 5K. <laughs> That's still more than Whatever. some, more than most. Um, okay, so tell me, what advice would you have for business owners, especially those perhaps in your industry or... I don't know how many people would be wanting to start their own school, but what kind of advice would you have for people? Well, maybe not necessarily in the school aspect, but in the therapeutic and service industry, just not to be too overwhelmed. You know, there there's hope and there's resources. And that's not always in, you know, a gangbuster loan that they're trying to push off, but it's, it's people, it's presence. And just do what you have to do, get creative, think outside of the box and get prepared to do your reopen launch, you know? And typically I believe that anyone that, that can make it through without having to shut their doors, unfortunately, um, should probably plan on having some sort of assistance because they're, they're going to be overwhelmed. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to come and rush your doors. Don't break your body down. <laughs> You're not a machine. You're a human being. <laughs> Yeah, that's good advice. All right. Um, I have asked you a lot of things. I would love to know if you have anything else for the listeners that maybe we didn't address that you'd like to share. Hmm. I don't think so. Um, maybe that this isn't just a long-term training facility. We also do small little pod classes for couples massage or... If you, if you have a family member that's maybe struggling with something severe, we request family members come in and watch the session and we will teach you how to work with one another. Now, wait a minute. When you say couples massage, like I could come in with my husband and you would teach him how to actually give me a massage. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Absolutely. a cool thing. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and vice versa, right? But let's say you have a mother that has an arthritic knee or a problem and, you know, limited funds and such we were advocation for knowledge and service to one another so it's not uncommon for us to teach family members how to work with each other for those chronic spaces i mean obviously we can't teach you you know a 13-month program in an hour but right. we'll give you the basics so that a you don't hurt yourself and b you don't hurt your family member or loved one and that you're effective in your contact yeah so. i like to pretend like i know what's going on because this one time somebody used their elbow on my back. And so that's my favorite go-to. And my husband doesn't seem to like that. <laughs> Go like figure. A, <laughs> Why wouldn't that work for everybody? I don't know. Good to know. Thank you for that. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for your time today to talk with us and definitely educate us about massage and what it takes to be a licensed massage therapist. And understanding that this is an international school because people can then work internationally. That's great. I know I can speak for many in saying that your profession is awesome. And I, for one, wish that I had someone in my house that was a CMT. But maybe <laughs> now I know I can train Kevin. We'll work on that. Um, we are all crossing our fingers and praying that our lives can regain some normalcy so that we can get rolling again and be here receiving here these treatments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thanks again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. We're open for business, guys, and our family looks forward to taking care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment.
It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to another business leadership moment. This segment is brought to you by Idaho RiceCon. RiceCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. They also have a sister event called RiseX, and they've had to be a little bit creative lately. So RiseX has been a virtual event and super fun. Um, They're actually considering maybe keeping some aspect of the virtual. I don't know. Ryan's has lots of ideas, so I think it'll be great. Once we can get back together, we absolutely will be. Um, And if you're interested, go to risex.io. Or if you want to learn more about RiseCon, you can go to www.idahoricecon.com. So today I wanted to talk with you guys um, about, uh, you know, our recent events. Uh, As I record this, we are still in our stay home order. Um, The governor's actually extended it a little bit. Um, And whether you agree with that or not, we are all still dealing with changes and um, as a nurse, I have, I have noticed, and I've also heard it said by other people, that a lot of what we're going through kind of mimics the stages of grief. Anytime you have a major change in your life, you grieve it in one way or another. Um, and that can even be exciting things, like Kevin and I are uh, soon to be empty nesters, And that can be really fun, right? Because it's just the two of us, but it can also be a little bit scary because we have to get to know each other once again. And what if we don't like each other? I think we will. But you know, there's always that wonder, like, who are we without our kids? And so even having events like that happen, it's not uncommon to go through the stages of grief. And let me just briefly, for those of you who may not know what those are, let me just tell you what those are. So and 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 doesn't necessarily have to be that you go through these in order. You can go back and forth in and out of these. Um, these are just the stages. So denial, anger. So denial is basically you deny that it's even happening. Anger is obviously you're ticked. This isn't happening. I can't believe this is happening. Blah, blah, blah. Bargaining, uh, you find yourself bargaining with a higher power. You know, I promise I'll be the best person on earth if this just can't happen. Depression. Um, you know, we know what depression is, that we we're sad, that we're, it has affected the way that we're functioning and um, living because it has set in and it's just not what we want. And then stage five is acceptance. So those are the stages of grief. Again, there's no time frame dedicated to each one of these. People go through this at all different stages. Um, but I kind of have likened this to what we're going through. With our stay-home order, with the coronavirus, with the COVID illness, it has definitely um, put us, I think, all in one way or another going through the stages of grief. Now, whether that has affected you financially, personally, you know, if you have known someone who has suffered a loss because of this virus, um, certainly the stages of grief would apply. Um, But definitely in your businesses, I think that no matter what your business is and whether it has been deemed an essential business and has been able to be open during this time or not, I think we've all gone through um, somewhat of these stages. And I think if we take just a moment to learn about them a little bit 
it can help us to predict how others will react. So especially as we're looking at our employees and we're watching what they're going through, it may help us understand where they're at. Now, we may not be at the same stage that they are at, but it's important as leaders and as business owners to respect that people are going through this, this these different stages and to understand that and try to meet them where they are so you can help them progress through and hopefully get to acceptance. But here's some of the things that we see. So I'm going to simplify this even more. So instead of the five stages, let's talk about it in three stages. So there's chaos, acceptance, and the new normal. And I don't mean to take credit for this because this is not something that I created on my own. It was something that I have been taught. So, um, but it helped me because the five stages are great and I understand those. But breaking it down to chaos, acceptance, and the new normal also helped me simplify this. So let's talk a little bit about chaos. Chaos is, I think, what we all completely can understand. We're scared. Um, it's hard to see beyond it. There's uncertain times. We are looking for safety. We're looking um, to know what how what we're going to do to get through this. There tends to be adrenaline and energy around this because um, we have to face it, right? We've got to do something about it. This is the time where we're in action. Uh, and we're thinking, you know, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Am I going to be able to lead my team through this? And unfortunately, fear amplifies behaviors. So those behaviors can be good or those behaviors can be bad. And we have certainly seen that. Um, it's been interesting to watch how we've been handling this and how people have been responding um, on social media and in the media and other places. Boy, haven't we seen behaviors amplified, good behaviors and bad behaviors. Man, good behaviors. There's so many amazing things that are being done out there, you guys. So many of you who are doing such great things for one another, for businesses, and it's beautiful to see, and we really have been able to come together. Um, and then on the flip side, there's definitely been the bad behaviors that we have seen, polarizing opinions, and really villainizing whoever, you know, if you're not on my side, you're a villain, <laughs> no matter what side I'm on. And so um, it's been interesting to see this take place, and it's something that we we can absolutely predict. I mean, this is going to happen in this chaos phase. So what we have to do in chaos is really slow down and take a breath. And before we take action, really kind of go through those thoughts in our head. Um, it's important for us to, to not react because this is a time where reaction can absolutely happen. Um, but what I also see is that you know, this is time where maybe we can have some anger or depression um, in this chaos. It can also be in the acceptance phase. But one of the things I think we have to understand is, uh, um, and I say this because I'm speaking for myself, uh, some, sometimes I have seen individuals who are mourning what I, what I might judge to be little things, you know, like their kid's third birthday party. I'm like, yeah, it's their third birthday. They're not going to know what the heck, you know, that they didn't have a bunch of friends over and um, minimizing other people's, um, ang you know, anguish during this time. And I want to just caution all of us because a lot of times 
what we have to understand is people are not mourning the event. It what it's what the event means. So, for example, my husband and I, we have this 19-year-old, our son Jacob, that works in the business. He was supposed to leave on an LDS mission and go serve in South Africa. And he's not been able to, right? So he's home. So personally, I'm super psyched because I still have my kid at home. But on the other hand, I'm really depressed. And so I have people looking at me like, well, lucky you, mom. You get to keep your kid around. And I, they don't understand why I'm sad about this necessarily. And it is not because he's here. I love that he's here. But it's what it means for him. You know, he's been unable to move on to that next thing that he'd been planning and preparing for. And he's in this limbo. And so it causes me to have some depression around it. And I think we all need to be conscientious of other people and how they're going through things that maybe the events they're making a big deal of. And it's not really the event. It's what it means. Um, and then the next phase is acceptance, right? So the adrenaline's gone. The energy kind of crashes. Um, we feel a little bit of guilt, like I should be doing more. And I've definitely felt like that, you know, like I have all this time. I should be doing more. I should, I feel guilty because people are churning out product and all sorts of stuff. And what am I doing? I'm kind of barely getting through the day. And maybe you guys can understand how that feels, but we need to have self-compassion and be okay with it. Um, it's okay not to have all the answers. We are not going to have all the answers right now. There's too many things that are unknown, and we have to forgive ourselves and really understand that we're not going to have the answers, have some acceptance of that. Um, we're, you know, morale might be tough with your employees during this time, and you've just got to communicate and really try to have some structure the best that you can. Um, and then move through, hopefully getting to the new normal. And in the new normal, there's hope. You feel a little bit of hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We start getting busy again. Our opportunities uh, arise um, during this time. And um, hopefully some of us are starting to feel that come back a little bit, that there are opportunities. There are things that we've recognized through this that we can do better with our businesses and we are ready to get on with the new normal. Understanding that the new normal is not going to be what the old normal is. And one of the things that I might recommend to you is that this is the time as you guys are getting back to work, as you're coming back to the table with your employees in whatever way that looks. It's really important right now to get a recommitment from your team. So, and what I mean by that is to sit down with them absolutely sit down with them and to say, you know, are you really in with us? Because it's okay if you're not. Because going forward, our new normal is not going to be what the old normal was. And I need you to not continue to anchor to the past and the way that we used to do it. Um, if you have followed me and or Linda Galindo, she calls this the dead puppy syndrome, right? Where we come into a meeting room and we plop the dead puppy on the table and everybody's like, what the heck is that? And obviously this is metaphorically, you don't bring an actual dead puppy, but that's how it feels, right? There's something in the room and somebody has an attitude because this is the way we used to do things or, you know, you're killing my system that I used to do. Well, that system doesn't work anymore. So it's real important to sit down with your team and to say, look guys, our lives have been turned upside down and we're all in this together. 
But going forward, we have to have an attitude that we're creating new normals. And are you on board? Because if you are, this is the place we want to have you. And let's go forward together and create some amazing things. So communication is just huge throughout all of these processes. Do not go dark. Please be communicating with your teams. Understand that that being able to predict somebody's behavior or your team's behavior just helps you as a leader to under to be conscientious about this. Meet them where they are so that you can understand and come across with empathy. It's really the only way to move them on to the next to the next phase. You can't force it. So it's something that all of us have to go through together. So fear um, is equals uh, anxiety and uncertainty. And hopefully as the uncertainty starts to come become more clear, our anxiety is going to decrease and our fear is going to get a little bit more under control. But I've certainly seen, especially with the governor um, advancing this order even longer and putting it into these phases, um, I know for myself, I've had a renewed sense of anxiety around it. And so I just think we have to be patient with ourselves and with our teams, help each other, be compassionate, move through these stages and realize that we really are all in this together. That's not just, you know, a, a saying. Um, we, we just have different journeys as we're going through this. And so how give each other a little bit of grace, understand your teams and be that leader, be communicative and help them see what the future can be. All right, guys, thank you so much. I just love each and every one of you for listening to the show and especially for this rambling because I have taken the liberty to impart a bunch on you today. Have a great week and we look forward to having you back next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com